0: Folks, this is your captain speaking. We're just preparing the craft for departure and undergoing some last-moment pre-flight checks. But once underway, we'll be flying at about 6,000 miles per hour to an altitude of 300 feet as we depart the BFE non-stop towards our destination of... <laughs> Welcome, 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 welcome to, well, this is Ian from Best Film Ever, and I'm joined by... Georgia. Hey, and that's all we've got today. Uh, we are trying something new, um, something to try and bring a little bit more content, but then not require everybody to have to be free at the same time, which is more of a of a tool of administration than sometimes I care to do. Sundays <laughs> we were usually pretty good, but uh, other days and go, and I have another idea, that can become somewhat... Um, challenging so we had an idea and we wanted to run with it and rather than launch like a third podcast we already have two the thought was surely there's a way we can make this part of something we already do so we have bfe presents and then, and then it's kind of a blank because we've got a bunch <laughs> of different ideas. So here is the goal of what we want to do. We want to go through some of the great television pilots and not so great television pilots. And look at how these shows got their start. It's, a, it's not a unique premise. We're not the first people to break ground on this, but it's something interesting that we wanted to do. There's a couple of things with television that we wanted to sort of get, dip our toe in the water on. And this seems to have a little bit more. Uh, oomph at the moment, and so we've got uh, first things first, Georgia. We we need to come up with a name for this. So we've been in contact, and we had a meeting, me, you, Ellie, and Liam, and we went and Ethan as well from talking to Mickey, and we went. And the, the goal is to try and get a, a few of these uh down underneath our, underneath our wings, and then um, well then continue on, but really just sort of feel our way through. And so we do have some names that we've uh that we decided to try out. Uh, the, the perfect one would have been pilot school, but Pilot School's already a podcast that talks about, I think they write TV pilots or something like that. And I'm like, it just feels a little bit too cheaty to go explicitly pilot school. So my first suggestion is pilot schooling, the idea that you're still being schooled in the art of being a pilot. Is that too close? I don't know. But we're going to put that out there as an option. We're going to have the, the audience, I think, decide which of these mm. sounds most appropriate. The first one is pilot schooling. I like that because it does what it says in the tin, which is kind of our gimmick. The idea that we're going to go through these pilots, and then at the end, we're going to sort of give it a grade and sort of say what we think is going to happen with it. So that's number one. Uh, number two would be the pilot project. Cause that's what we're doing here. We're doing the pilot project,
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah.
0: we are. So the idea of a pilot project is the first time you do something. This episode's almost a pilot project. I was
1: going to say, is this the pilot of the pilot?
0: This is the pilot of the, of of the well, uh, the, pilot of the, the pilot, whatever it might be. Came to the pilot podcast. That's been done too. So oh, okay. yeah, and plus, so this not- is, it's not the pilot <laughs> podcast. We're still putting some of the BFE banner, so to speak. Yeah. Um, the third would be uh, I quite like pilot chatter. Uh, I also like the Pilot Academy as options, uh, but the fifth one you came up with, so I'll let you go ahead and say yours.
1: I did. I came up with uh, cleared for takeoff because, you know, pilot and that sort of stuff, like it's an airplane, Like you, and then we can decide whether or not at the end if we would clear it for takeoff or if it would be a grounded flight.
0: It's a nice metaphor. It's a nice metaphor.
1: I like it as a metaphor. As long
0: as we can still put a grade on it at the end of some sort.
1: Because I
0: want some sort of way that we can compare these to each other and not just to themselves. Like, for instance, on the best film ever, we have a see it or skip it. Now, those aren't comparable, but they're not supposed to be comparable. That's just a go see it or a skip it. But for the most part, you want to have ability to sort of compare things to each other. Some of what we do on talking the Mickey a lot of ways, too, it's about ranking things and where does it fit in the great pantheon. So there are four, if not five, options there. We had uh, pilot schooling. We had pilot chatter. We had pilot academy. We had the pilot project. And we had clear for takeoff. A pilot TV. but We'll have a a BFE Presents. Oh, it's going to be so long. It would be BFE Presents, cleared for takeoff, a TV pilot thing, and then the name of the episode. And we've gotten so far away from it. But our, of course, our first episode that we've chosen to do is on the cultural juggernaut that was Friends.
1: Oh, Friends, but not that one.
0: And not that one. Not the one that's like, Friends, but, you know, friends. Friends.
1: Friends.
0: So, just Friends. So, um, generally I felt it was a good place to start. Uh, ideally what's going to happen here is we're going to have one person who's seen it, the series, and one person who's completely new to the series. But the minute I went, Friends has got to be the first episode. Um, it was, like, who hasn't seen the pilot of Friends? I'm not going out there into the wilderness and not asking random people. It's got to be amongst <laughs> the five of us and we've all seen Friends. So we kind of yeah. went on the first one. It's just going to be what it's just going to be. So, um, of course, so we're here. We're looking at Friends. Uh, we're looking at the pilot. It uh, used to be just called the pilot, and then eventually
1: it now a name. Yeah, it
0: got rechristened the one where Monica gets a roommate. Yeah, which is fine because Friends kind of like us. They do what they say on the tin. Yep. Which
1: yeah, which is clever. True.
0: It's the one where this happens. You go, I know which one that is. In, in m- many ways, it's kind of it's it's one of those sitcoms where a TV um, with the individual episodes actually that they have name recognition.
1: Yes, because you're like,
0: Yeah, because you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. It's not one that people have come up with. It's the one with all the football is literally called the one with all the football. The one
1: with all the football, yeah. So it's very clever in that regard. The
0: pilot was the exception to this rule, and they've now given it a name. So um, I think it's important to kind of go, what are the rules? Because there's two sorts of programs we're going to sort of hit. I'm not really that interested at this time of going non-scripted. You know, mm-hmm. as much as I love things like Survivor or Jeopardy or oh, Fear yeah, Factor. Yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, it's a much different it's, it's, thing. It's a much together, different, thing. It? A much different yeah. thing. And I'm sure there's some great Survivor podcasts out there, which you can go ahead and check out. But uh, I, in, the rules of a sitcom are basically, step one, you have to establish the characters to an audience. Yeah. And the plot in your first episode doesn't even really matter that much. Not your singularly self-contained Story, which we have here, it's not very important, but it's about how can we get the the audience to learn about these characters because that's who you come back for. Part A is these characters. Them, yeah, there is a media theorist uh, who determined that we use um, we use television media properties in general as a way for our own use and for our own gratification, and one of them is personal identity that we sort of uh, take on elements of the characters that we identify with and live vicariously in a way through them and therefore it's important the characters are done right uh, the other yeah. one is cuz they actually believe that you have personal relationships with the characters that as you grow an affinity for these characters they feel like pardon the pun friends and so uh, <laughs> i had a teacher way back in the day who i think we just asked him randomly you know you know what's your plans oh i think he being asked to chaperone a school dance i think that's what it was this you gonna come out are you gonna come out to a school dance tonight and cause they would start at like, it would be a 730 evening kind of thing. And he would go, yeah, why not? Friends is a repeat. And if Friends hadn't have been a repeat, he would have stayed home because A, we didn't have streaming options. We didn't have <laughs> DVD sales. You'd have to ke- wait for a rerun. But if you wanted to be up on the know and, yeah. you know, how, have, have the conversations around the water cooler, it was a lot harder to do in a pre internet time. Uh, you had to stay at home and watch these things. So, you know, he, he was that committed to it. So step one, you have to establish the characters. Number two, you have to establish the mood yeah and then step three you have to give people reason to come back and that there has to be some storyline that you root for mm-hmm. so and i think if we went through a bunch of, i mean if it was the bang theory it would be you know leonard and penny if it was usually, yeah. it's, usually it's romantic more often than not yeah. if it was something like two broke girls it's about will they have enough money to make their cupcake empire begin i don't know if you've ever seen two Broke Girls. yes yeah, so
1: i really enjoyed the first series of uh first season sorry of two bird girls yeah loved it so it's that kind
0: of an idea so those are the three parameters for a sitcom that i feel especially has to happen and you know generally outside of that it needs to be it needs to be funny if you're a sitcom that's kind of the, the purpose of the show but yep. it's not one of your three central i think ideas i think i think funny is part of that establish the mood i suppose so uh if i just do a little bit of background on friends is that is mm-hmm. that, that okay or about what's going on so uh i'm calling this our pre-flight checks if you will
1: our, pre- Our pre-flight checks. checks. You're you're leaning into the into the metaphor. I'm leaning.
0: Think, I'm leaning into the I headwind. Think,
1: I think we're. I think we're choosing a name. I don't know I about think that. Are, I so think, everything, everything else is yeah. pilot.
0: I think we're okay. Anyway, creators and writers David Crane and Mark. I still think you it. Creators and writers David Crane and Mark Kaufman were known in the television industry for writing the t- cable television series Dream On. I'd, I'd seen Dream On. Um, a second series. I've never even heard of oh, it. Oh, Dream On was, it was this weird show where this guy, I guess the premise, it tells you in the opening credits that he's been sat in front of a TV for like way too long in his life. Like the CV, like raised him, and as a result, he goes through these storylines, and it's very adult. It was uh, about a guy in his late his thirties, if not older, and you know, love life and work life and all these things. But as he's doing that, he has all these clips from shows that he watched. Uh, As a child that sort of like interrupt and like act like a Greek chorus over his shoulder, just these like other really strange, really, really strange. It would would often be on on like cable channels very late at night. It was just kind of nothing else is on. Okay, I'll watch Dream on. Uh, And they'd done a couple other shows, but basically they were starting to become big deals in television. And in November 93, they began developing three new television pilots from their offices at Warner Brothers Television with the hope that they would premiere the following fall. And so they pitched one of their ideas to NBC, a seven-page treatment about um, some young 20-somethings, and it was called Insomnia Café so there's tidbit number okay. one did you know what insomnia cafe was the original working title of friends
1: i did but that's because i have a sister who's obsessed with it that's okay. um I think, so I think everybody knows someone who's obsessed with it bits and pieces, yeah. yeah
0: and so uh NBC bought the pitch as as a put pilot meaning um they risked financial penalties if the pilot was not to be filmed so at this point they were guaranteed a pilot would be made and so in order to get an idea how the characters would behave, one of the um, creators, Marta Kaufman, interviewed several of her children's 20-something babysitters,
1: which is an interesting right.
0: way. I guess it's the idea, like, you know, d- how do you write what 20-year-olds sound like if you're not 20-something?
1: Yes, yeah, Because it changes.
0: So. I mean, like, you know, there's nothing worse than hearing really badly written dialogue by someone who doesn't realize what's going on. I teach the film Boyhood. And one of the problems with mm. that is, you know, um, the same guy who, Richard Linkletter, who wrote that, wrote Dazed and Confused. And Dazed and Confused, the teenagers, they're both about high school students in various degrees. The high school students in Dazed and Confused sound organic because it's set in the 70s when Richard Linkletter would have been a teenager. And so he just harkened back to his right. old times. Yeah. Then if you fast forward, you know, 20 years when he does um, Boyhood and he's trying to write how, how teenagers sound in 2010 – it is some of the worst yeah. dialogue you'll ever hear. And it's because he doesn't know how to write like <laughs> it now. His daughter's in the film. I'm mean, I'm guessing she but she was a terrible actress. But I'm guessing like but he just lost the ability to do this. So I I really get you know, yeah. a big bit of a, a clap to um to Marta Kaufman for, for doing this. And so they wrote the script, her and her partner in three days, and then they got James Burroughs, who'd been the director for most of the episodes of Cheers and so right. he was hired to um, to sort of bring that clout to it. And he liked the script, but he asked for one character to be dumbed up a bit. I'll let you guess which character maybe that was. <laughs> uh script was completed in early March 1994, and then uh, they had some character breakdowns sent to acting agencies. Uh, NBC picked it up, commissioned a complete script The in March. The pilot was taped in May 4th, 1994 at the Warner Brothers studio. Uh, the episode was delivered on May 11th. And then two days later, NBC announced it on the schedule. And NBC puts this show in the middle of a lineup they used to have called Must See TV. So as a British person, yeah. you're, you're not going to know necessarily these things. So Must See TV was a comedy show. A uh, lineup that NBC had for the better part of a decade, if not more, where but Thursday nights okay. between eight o'clock and 10 o'clock, it was four straight sitcoms in a row. And then at 10 okay. o'clock, you would usually have some big drama. Uh, usually it was ER for most of the run. It would be ER. Right. And this made ABC the number one network in television. And so they put the show smack dab in the middle the, the, between Mad About You, which was like the number 15 show on in all of television, and Seinfeld, okay. which was the number one show in all of television.
1: So that one I've heard of. <laughs> so
0: basically, the theory was you could place almost anything. If you want to launch the next big show, you put it on Thursday nights, either because the theory is you either inherit the audience from Mad About You, who catch the first two minutes of your show and they choose to stick around. Yeah. Or you catch people who are like, I want to watch Seinfeld at nine, and they just turn it to the network early, and you get that audience yeah. as well. And so that's how you build, and it's really fitting that Seinfeld would be was the number one show on television, and eventually what would replace that would be Friends would become the number one show on American TV on the days that ER wasn't the number one. You know what I mean? Like ER was the number two show on TV yeah. at this time. So like NBC owns Thursday nights by putting it here. They're giving a chance for maximum eyeballs to end up on it. And that's really all the uh, background I have for September 22nd, 1994, when we go ahead and do our show. So the premise for Friends, um, 620-somethings living their lives in New York City. Uh, In the pitch, it was said, it's about sex, love, relationships, careers, a time in your life when everything's possible. And it's about friendship because you're single and in the city and your friends are your family. I think it's quite an idealized idea of what we all want our 20s to be.
1: I'd say so, yeah. I don't think I'm anywhere close to that at the moment, (laughs) but uh, I've got a few more years.
0: (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's the idea I don't want to
1: live in a city though, so.
0: Yeah, I mean- Did it feel? I I mean, there is groups like this. I don't know if they're explicitly six people like this felt like it was.
1: No, because this is very much six people and no one else. It is is a hard six to look in on this to to
0: a degree. I don't want to make this like a friend's uh, retrospect of the whole series, but to the degree where even people who came in from the outside, like Tom Selleck, said he felt like an outsider amongst the group
1: yeah like he said like yeah. the six
0: of them were tight in real life, and then you know, but I mean, as characters, these six are tight, and no one really manages to leak their way into it. no, no, um, and so really, I guess we should talk about the first thing viewers saw on september twenty second nineteen ninety four which is six people in black and white dancing around a fountain.
1: I think it's a brilliant opening credits. <sighs> especially for a show like
0: this i love this so much and the white and black make it timeless if there's one thing i would change it would be matt leblanc's stupid haircut he has for joey in this pilot because it lives on in the credits <laughs> for the entire I run
1: so much it
0: is the ugliest by by like episode two they've got his hair fixed i was just watching on netflix making some notes but the time it rolls into episode two his hair is like more one of those more normal joey looks that we would have but episode one it is rough
1: it's a janky, like, almost 50s-esque, like, mm. haircut, and I love it. I okay. wish I have kept it. I think it's great. <laughs> uh,
0: the Fountain is fun, the black and white is timeless, and the song is an all-time classic.
1: It is, yeah. Um,
0: like, people, this was not a regular song. This was just a jingle. It was written
1: for it, wasn't It, it? was yeah. written for
0: the show, and it became so popular, people would, like, tape it off of the television yeah. and then like they would like request people to do it so they actually went ahead the rembrandts and recorded like a full version of it and it went like straight yeah. to number like, like the rembrandts rode the friends dynamic straight to number one which actually a uh, little known fact but at the time obviously at this point it's no longer insomnia cafe nor is it friends like us nor is it six of okay. nor is it six of one which were all titles uh, eventually it just yeah. became friends and um Originally, the um, planned music for this was a much bigger song by a much bigger band. So originally, it was a song called Shiny Happy People by the band R.E.M., That went like, shiny, happy people laughing, shiny, happy
1: people (laughs)
0: holding them, 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 them. happy. Yeah. So it's supposed to be that, which is nowhere near the fun energy of, well, no one told you life was going to be this way. So I, we've had a debate on this. (laughs) I think I've had a debate with many people. I don't know what is about my ears, but so I went down a a bit of a rabbit hole today because that song. I went, it's always my understanding. You could have asked me, gun to my head, I would have 100% assurance told you when you get to the chorus that the melodic line goes, I'll be there for you when the rain starts to do. I'll be there for you. And it goes up. But then I'm like, what are people in this country? Because you guys are all the, I'll be there for you. I'll be there (laughs) for you. And so I went down a rabbit hole, and apparently, you might be right. Oh. That might actually be the correct version. There was a music producer who said that uh, the, I'll be there for you, is in the middle of the tune. So you get it in stereo in both ears. Whereas if you listen to it on some headphones, they put the, I'll be there for you off to the sides yeah. so from a music production level like that would suggest that that was the lead vocal or or, or the or the melody but i just don't okay. understand what's enjoyable about i'll be there for you how it goes down it's way more like happy to be it's not i'll be, be there for though. you what's not is enjoyable the, the the bit going down
1: the, the lower one yeah i don't, I don't know Still it's not
0: really enjoyable. enjoyable which is maybe why I, I but i thought it was i was definitely thought it was an american versus british thing however then i found a version that said in the tv show they actually pump the high notes a little bit more in the mix and on the song mm-hmm. on the radio they pump the low notes a bit more in the mix okay so it could be a thing like that so it could be yeah um and then maybe it's a good time to sort of talk about uh, the, 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 the characters because the characters for this show are timeless, but are they timeless here? So we've got Ross played by David Schwimmer, the first one to be cast. Um, he didn't want to do a series. Okay. And was only talked into it when he found out it was going to be an ensemble piece. Um,
1: Fair, yeah.
0: I think the Ross we get in episode one is the Ross you get throughout most of, a, most of the, the, the first few series anyway
1: yeah definitely he's da- not very different at all
0: down on his luck i mean a little a little's actually a little is quite underwhelming on my part like massively massively exaggerated on the one on i'm on, on the guy who's just sad all the time
1: yeah very much so hey. especially as like joey's opening line in this one is guy says hello and i want to kill myself oh. like it's very, it
0: is, but man, did they hit, force hit this on the head,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, I said
0: it's important you have to know the characters. Like, we, we don't have to do this. Like, oh, this is bad. Um, Monica, who was the most well known, was Courtney Cox, who was originally asked to play Rachel, yeah. but she chose to do Monica instead. Um, mm-hmm. I found her in this episode to be really quite good,
1: yeah, because as it I goes on, I prefer her in this episode, and again. To- later
0: again i don't want to turn into a retrospective but she turns quite cartoony like about halfway through she just becomes obsessive compulsive shouty clean Mm -hmm. uh monica whereas this one she felt like a real three-dimensional character
1: yeah definitely i'd agree with that
0: maybe a bit of a a, of a straight person like you don't really know maybe there's not as many jokes for her maybe she's setting up other people's jokes but she's easily the most relatable of the friends i thought
1: oh definitely and her pushing joey off the sofa at the end i was like yeah no that's that is something that a real person would do if they'd been if they'd fed up of the same joke time and time and time yeah. again in the same 10 minutes. You, you've got to push your friend, aren't you? Like, that is how it works.
0: Uh, then we had uh, Rachel, played by Jennifer Aniston, who originally had a different pilot she was signed up for called Muddling Through. And that meant that if that didn't get picked up, if that did get picked up, friends would be screwed once they cast her because she signed up for that one first. That was going to be the deal. Uh, but they had a right. feeling it wasn't going to work on that show. And it turns out they were right. So they got Jennifer Aniston. Seems so, yeah. And the Ross-Rachel dynamic, even in episode one, it's important.
1: It's definitely there. It's isn't definitely it? It's definitely if, if a little ham-fisted, it's definitely yep. there.
0: There's a, there's a bit of magic, though. Yeah. Uh, then we get Joey, and Joey was the character who um, James Burroughs asked to dumb down a bit more, because he was too similar to Chandler. Yeah. So the women more dumb with Joey, and I uh, mean... <laughs> I think like like everything was like multiplied by five. If we're like dumb them down a little bit, like like really dumb. Like if someone's dumb, they're yeah. really dumb. If someone's depressed, they're really depressed. If someone's quirky, they're really quirky. So, it's like the inside out
1: of um, it is like the characters.
0: <laughs> so for inside out, you are
1: joy, you are sadness. <laughs> in,
0: in, inside out is very well written, though I'll say. Um, and so we've got that. Um, Rachel was fine. Rachel was interesting for us because Rachel is our surrogate when she goes in in that a number of yes. sitcoms will often begin with and even dramas but 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 definitely sitcoms. Hey, here's the new character and as they get introduced to all the other characters that lets us okay. be introduced to all yeah. the other characters. So she is that. She is our surrogate for half the episode until they finally start developing her character in the second half. Uh, and she is the spoiled little rich girl. That is her gimmick and for, for to her credit she plays it well i didn't have any issues with jennifer aniston in the way she played her character in this
1: no i think she's very good and gorgeous wedding dress the veil not so much okay. but gorgeous wedding dress
0: i i, I thought the dress felt quite quite dated but maybe maybe it's now retro in or something i don't know uh,
1: i mean i like a I like a 50s cut line so is that what that was no maybe that's just me is that
0: what that was well, yeah it was in at,
1: the, in at the middle big skirt okay off the shoulder like lace bodice yeah it was lovely
0: but back to Joey uh, underdeveloped in the pilot uh, he had to go through eight auditions to get this part
1: eight oh my goodness and there's
0: a great story that when they say what did the cast like he was down to his last like twelve dollars or something when he gets when, when he films the pilot he's living in his car and so the thing was, what did you buy with your first check? And Courtney Cox said, I bought myself a new car. She went to this, got a, you know, a nice brand new, twi- uh, say 20, 1994 or whatever it would was. Yeah. And they asked Matt LeBlanc and he went, I bought a hot meal. <laughs> like he was that close to like not making it. Yeah. Um, and so well done to him. Uh, and I, I will say this, I had problems with Joey throughout the pilot.
1: They I give, was just distracted by his muscly arms. They give, I'm not gonna oh, really, lie. really, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not usually distracted by anything like that, but yeah. in this, I think it's it's very his clothing, his costume choices are very much cut. He is played. He had
0: played sort of a dumb sexualized Italian in something before, and when he wasn't given much guidance, he kind of just leaned into that side of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah. Uh, not, obviously, the costume would have been someone else's, but but that's the role he's playing here. He is yeah, your definitely. sexualized Italian. You know, he's how you doing before how you doing's a thing. Yeah, And then we had two characters who were supposed to be um, secondary characters originally. They were not supposed yes, to be. Yeah. And I think one of them still is a secondary character in the pilot and one of them isn't. Uh, the one who isn't, I think, is Chandler Bing, played by Matthew yeah. Perry, uh, played ca- tennis for Canada. Don't know if you knew that. Represented Canada in tennis. That, no. In early seasons, you'll see a Toronto Blue Jays hat on his desk. his desk. Um, got one of them,
1: haven't
0: you? I do have one of those. Uh, not the same design but yeah and so um Matthew Perry also had a different pilot it was called LAX 2194 so he uh kind of not auditioned because he was already hooked up and he actually helped a friend of his called Craig Bierko get the job by coaching him on what should uh how he should play it and then the people at NBC kind of went or Warner Brothers went Actually, Matthew Perry's pretty good. And they went, "What's yeah. what's his pilot about?" And they found that it was about baggage handlers in the future because it was called LAX twenty one ninety four. It was about the Los Angeles Airport in the in the year twenty one ninety four. Uh, wow. Hopefully, at which point coronavirus is no longer a thing. Um, hopefully, hopefully yeah, be nice. And so he was really supposed to be just a secondary character and just an observer of other people. And then they sort of found he was really necessary, and they upped his character. Uh, moving forward, uh, and by the time we got to the proper pilot, obviously he'd been flushed out a lot more. And then the last one is Phoebe, uh, played by Lisa Kudrow, who was cast mainly because they liked her as Ursula on a show called Mad About You. Which okay. I mentioned earlier is the lead-in. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to look, but I would put money down that Ursula is heavily featured in the episode before this because she played a waitress in that. She she wasn't one of the main cast. She was just a, a secondary character, kind of like mm-hmm. a bigger than a Gunther, but not too, you know that that kind that of a level. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, I would imagine she showed up there and then she was on again at 8.30 and she gave people kind of that look. So she was already part of the NBC family, if you will. So that happened. And the first. Is
1: that why her twin sister is named Ursula?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, the, it's the same character. So Mad About You and Friends share a universe.
1: Oh, they share a universe. They share a universe. Okay.
0: There's a great, right, okay. there's a great episode where two of the characters from Mad About You, at the time was the more successful show, walk yeah. into Central Perk and they mistake Phoebe for Ursula. and eventually that was a one-time joke and then they do develop Ursula as a character after that in the friends thing yes that's quite good yeah Um, and so and there's a great story that Phoebe uh, Lisa Kudrow was supposed to be the character who played Roz on a show called Frasier and she lost that at the last hurdle she was in the pilot and got recast and uh, like six months later she picks up friends or a year later she picks up friends so it worked out okay for her so um, the (laughs) the I've got the writing next and I'm going to say the writing in this episode is below the standard that you would eventually come to know for friends, which is most shows, but I'd say it's still below the majority of sitcom pilots I've seen.
1: I've not seen those, okay, but it didn't feel that it's not that great. It's very repetitious. I think.
0: Well, the first joke, I don't know whose idea this was. They give the first punchline to Joey. Yeah. Cause they go, well, what? There's nothing to know. What's wrong with him? He goes, oh, there's something. You're dating him. Something's got to be wrong with him. And I'm like, you've got Matthew Perry sitting there. You know what I mean? Like he
1: is. He can literally sitting there. (laughs) He's
0: literally the funniest man on the set. You know what I mean? And and he's sitting there as you give Joey the first punchline. They would later realize Joey is the. It's better if Joey. If we laugh at Joey rather than laugh with Joey. yeah. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, and it also felt like it was just, like, really, like, let's start to do some really forced exposition. You date bad guys. Get ready for the plot. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, I've also got in my notes here. Like what's going on with with um, Phoebe's hair and Phoebe's costume in this?
1: I don't know. It's trying to be quirky, isn't it?
0: Well, oh, she's got, like, three la- layers of denim on. It's, like, a sleeveless denim, like, frayed vest.
1: yeah. It a long denim
0: skirt, a different shade of denim, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> like this shirt coming through underneath it. And then like her hair isn't like really, really high pigtails. Yeah. The Pigtails? Not the right No, pigtails. Yeah, pigtails.
1: Yeah, no, they are pigtails. But they're yeah, not yeah.
0: braided. They're just sort of long and the flowy. Ponytails, and yeah,
1: two ponytails.
0: From the sides though, yeah. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, it
1: is, it is weird. Did you notice the really weird jump cut in here though? Go for it. So it's less than a minute in because I looked, because I noticed it and then watched it back again um, after I'd watched it once. You can see there's a cut that focuses on Matthew Perry. But in the bottom corner is Lisa Kudrow and her mouth is moving as she's talking. But the dialogue that we hear is from Monica, who's out of shot.
0: See, here's the problem. And this is this is a good point. You bring this up. They shoot this in standard definition. without widescreen TVs in consideration. So you know when you see some old stuff and they've got like black bars down the side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the aspect ratio it would have been shot at, but you still shoot it in proper proper widescreen sort of format because that's the way cameras are made. And mm-hmm. then they s they, they fix it to fit the television set. So then later you've got your choice. Do we do the black bars, which for years the DVDs were, but eventually it gets like you get the full wide screen. And so now because of stuff being in the periphery that wasn't in the periphery before, you get yeah. mistakes like this.
1: Because you can see it. Because you can it's see really what you obvious. couldn't see before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well
0: done you for picking up on that. Because uh, I was busy taking notes or whatever. I didn't notice it, so well done you. Um
1: and we get. I'm some- not gonna lie though, sorry, if I was if I was like trying to if i was in charge of green lighting this a mistake like that a minute in i'd be like yeah no but obviously if they couldn't see it yes that's it right it wasn't obvious when yeah. yeah so that makes that makes more sense
0: so uh there's monica says it's not a date it's just two people going out for dinner and not having sex to which point chandler goes it sounds like a date to me And I went, that's funny that's funny yeah. they give chandler a nice joke there Chandler though, and you don't know this, you don't know, because you already said you don't know this one. Chandler here is on the couch doing discount Jerry Seinfeld jokes right, when he talks okay. about how he's got a, a, a phone where his where his genitals should be, and yeah. you know it's my mother and she never phones me. He's just trying to. It felt very Jerry Seinfeld, uh, which was funny. Right. I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld lately, and I heard that and went, oh. And then there's just so much telling and not enough showing. And then Ross comes in and he tells Phoebe, stop cleansing my aura. And she's literally like picking things out from around
1: yeah, him. Like over his head. Yeah. I was
0: very glad this version of Phoebe does not make, does not last for too Me long. Too. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I need to believe these people would actually be friends. And I got, this might be a question at the end. Are, would you actually believe these people are friends without knowing the backstory, what we know right now after 22 no. minutes? No, I don't think so.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Um, uh, I just want to shout this out before I start breaking down the plots. Uh, my favorite joke of the whole thing. Uh, actually, maybe we'll save that. Maybe we'll save that as a segment for, for the end. Mm-hmm. Favorite joke. Cause I've got one. Okay. I don't know if you've got one or you can think of one. Um, so basically what happens here is we've got, I mean, the right next is trying too hard to be zany. Um, but we've got three plots in this episode. So we've got our a plot and a plot is the most important plot and our most important plot. And it sort of does bridge at the end of a different plot. But our a plot is Rachel has left Barry at the altar and moves yeah. in. Yeah. I'm going to argue our B plot is Ross's wife has left him for another woman and he's trying to put his life back together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm going to argue our C plot is Monica's date with Paul, the wine guy.
1: See, I put those two the other way around.
0: You, you could argue that. You, I, could, you could argue because, that
1: because Monica's date actually gets screen time.
0: Uh, you could argue that Monica's date is the only one that's self-contained. The other two are longer-lasting plot lines.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So we have a three-act structure because we have commercial breaks on American television, mm-hmm. and so the first act, I'll go it, which we start off in Central Perk, and uh, I, you know, who I missed and I wished we'd I'd seen him in this, and he wasn't there, was uh, the guy who plays Gunther.
1: Yeah, because just a little
0: a little friendly friends tidbit. You know how he gets the job as Gunther? No, he's the only guy who knew how to use the espresso machine. (laughs) And because of that, he got 10 years of employment on friends. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's that's impressive, isn't it?
0: So um, as we said, Rachel's introduced to all the characters and so are we. But to be fair, we get introduced to them really clumsily before Rachel shows up as well. Mm-hmm. To stop cleansing my aura, and there's a lot of mini scenes where they just shoot like thirty seconds of material and then use like a musical like interlude and they just dissolve into another part of a scene Some and it's
1: really weird cut really really weird yeah.
0: it it was like it's like you couldn't they had jokes and they couldn't tie them together, yeah, yeah, it was really strange
1: it looked was like a quilted blanket, like none of it matches, but they've somehow managed to stitch it together, like yeah. it is not. Is yeah, is, is janky. Yeah, as but, Ethan would say, I'm sure.
0: And that's all we really get for. That's all Act One is. Ma, uh, Rachel comes in. We find out, you know, she wants some coffee. She wants sweet and low. She's a little bit of a princess. We determine this. Well,
1: and, we find out that Ross is Monica's brother. That you might not have realised before then because they sit very close together. Ross
0: and Monica got some weird stuff going on in this episode.
1: They really have. They also, do. I noticed as well. Monica is wearing a wedding ring throughout it. What? She's wearing a ring on her. Left hand on her ring finger. Is she really? She is, yeah.
0: Strange. Uh, she's not even married in real life at this time. That's a really strange. Exactly,
1: that's, yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, so why is that? Weird. No, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, and so in Act 2, we go back to Monica's apartment. Rachel's still in her wedding dress, and Rachel's fighting with her father. It was a great, you're a shoe. You're a shoe. Maybe I don't want to be a, a shoe. A and this is where Ross comes over and goes, you can see where he had the problem. And I'm just kind of going... That felt like a Chandler joke,
1: very much so yeah, I think they're just trying to put them on the screen together and so have them have moments later.
0: together, yeah, yeah. half but the time he's smitten, I mean there's a great bit where he goes to greet her and his his umbrella opens up like like uh, some sort of funny. rain yeah. protective phallic symbol that you know um. <laughs> And Ross is—I don't know if you notice this—he's like sitting on the couch from behind, like one butt cheek on the couch, like r- twisted forty-five degrees to watch the TV. I'm like, who is? I know you need to get them into places where they're interesting visually to look at. They yeah. would give up on this and just have them all sit around more chairs and on the floor and things like that in future episodes. But I'm like that cannot be comfortable. No. <laughs> um. And so, <laughs> um, Phoebe continues being Phoebe and sings my favorite things.
1: Yeah, I was like, did they have the licensing for her to sing that much? They used a lot
0: of stuff from from other. They they must. They used a lot of stuff. I would imagine Sound of Music was a Warner Brothers television, right? I
1: think that is film. That would be the film company.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I should should say. uh, Because they used a lot of stuff from a lot of different. Like, Joni loves Chachi. They used a bunch of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And then she goes, Oh, I helped. And I didn't mind that version of Phoebe.
1: The version of Phoebe. That's that's the the version of Phoebe I think we kind of get to know a bit more. Yeah
0: yeah um joey's a creep (laughs) yeah he's hitting on and he goes what like there's a rule and i'm like okay like it's very early they go like you really went dumb with joey here yeah uh paul the wine guy comes over for a date and ross is a bit too into his sister's dating life (laughs) like he walks by and he's like look at how tall he is good one and he like raises his thumbs up i'm like
1: it's really weird it is weird it's a weird relationship if you didn't have those two lines where they say my brother then you could have definitely confused that for something else like that. Yeah. It's weird. And I think
0: Ross's line delivery, I think most people's line delivery is too forced. And the but where Ross yeah. gets all Oh, you don't even get to go on your honeymoon. And I'm like, give it a few years, Ross, you'll find out about being married and still going on your honeymoon.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: and then we split the group up. And so one group goes to Ross's apartment, they're putting together furniture and using dated nineties homophobia. Yeah. Um, and they do a psych-up session and tell Ross to grab a spoon, to which point, is it Chandler who goes, I don't know if I'm hungry or horny?
1: No, that's Ross, but it should oh, be Oh, it is? It it is no, it Chandler, is Ross, you're yeah. right.
0: No, I'm glad it wasn't Chandler, because the joke's not good. Maybe maybe, maybe Matthew Perry could have saved it. Yeah. I'm like, that's bad 90s sitcom writing, is what that is. It is,
1: yeah. Uh, I do like the dynamic between the three boys, though, in that, yeah, when they're building at the beginning. It's nice. That seems more natural than it does
0: with the whole six of them and what but at this point and i get the idea these three i could buy being friends
1: yeah that yeah that's, because
0: Chandler that and ross i totally buy as being best friends
1: yeah and
0: joey's the roommate and therefore would naturally sort of latch on to the group i can get that
1: yeah yeah
0: definitely uh paul the wine guy oh sorry uh then we have a date and it's paul the wine guy putting on an act and says he hasn't had sex in two years
1: yeah
0: and then at monica's apartment we have rachel by herself and there's a great joke to be fair as the machine cuts her off and we she's going through like this big like explanation and then she has to like dial yeah. a number we think because he hung up on her and then we get sorry the yeah. machine cut me off again, me off again. again. so we yeah. know there's been multiple takes of this so that's a funny bit and i think again jennifer aniston's really good and to be fair i wasn't the biggest jennifer aniston fan throughout the series she's really good in this yeah, um no
1: I, I completely
0: agree with you there's Ross goes even if I could grab a spoon, who would I ask out? At which point we have like, Rachel's just sitting there on the ledge watching the rain come down. (laughs) I was like,
1: oh, really? 22
0: minutes is like, not a lot of time to tell a story, but you found time for this. (laughs) And it really signposts, and I guess this is what you're trying to do, point three, what are we coming back for? But still. um,
1: This was one one of the weirdest musical cuts that we get, because it's some sad sad song underneath Rachel. She sat there watching the rain. And it just fades into the as we oh, get the. That's because you would have. That's
0: because you would have had a commercial.
1: Uh, this is your okay. break between
0: Act Two and Act Three.
1: Right. Okay. It doesn't work well without them.
0: No. So we co- felt really, so the commercials really, give us uh, some breathing room. Yeah. We come back and it's the next day and everybody but Phoebe is over at the house. Now, granted, everybody but Phoebe. Well, Ross doesn't live in the building. No. Is Ross over there?
1: He's he has got a weird relationship with his sister. No wait, I'm not
0: sure if Ross is over there either.
1: I'm not sure.
0: All we know is that Rachel can't make coffee and Joey can't wear sleeves. Yeah. And Paul and Monica come out and he's like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you." I'm like, "For, for the move this guys the about to pull." There. Huh?
1: Selling the bit though.
0: Selling the bit. We get more exposition um about jobs. Um Chandler makes fun of Joey being an actor and it feels very unorganic. It feels very much like here's where we go. Um they leave. Uh, there is a bit where Chandler does like a dance out the door, which is funny. Um That might
1: be one of my favorite bits okay. in this entire episode. I did I really did get a look at that. So maybe it's more of a personal thing because like me and my friends have done stupid stuff like that. Like you take the mick out of things you see your friends do on stage. Because it's funny, so maybe that's why that one hit hit for me quite so much. Because I think I've done something very similar.
0: Okay. Um, Rachel tells Monica, "You know, you look like you're happy. You look like you slept with a hanger in your mouth," which was a funny joke. Uh, and Rachel's going to get one of those job things.
1: One of those job
0: things. Uh, then we go to the apartment. Um, not the apartment. Sorry, we go to the restaurant. And Monica's co-worker is a sexual psychic. It, within like 90 seconds we find out that the, the, her friend can figure out that she had sex and yeah. says that she also knows Paul and, and outs Paul by saying, before me there was no snap in his turtle for two years.
1: I liked this girl. Like,
0: uh, well, I, I hope you don't like her too she much. Comes she never com- her. I don't think she ever comes back.
1: No, I don't think she does, but I'd have been interested in in, in that character. I well.
0: think she did some stuff. I think she was another, other, I think she got other work is like in TV Maybe and things like that. Maybe I
1: recognize her, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Joey is a really crappy friend because he's too busy laughing on, you know, she's really hurt and he's laughing at her. Yeah. And he goes, Of course it was a line. And then she goes to Ross, she goes, what, Why would he do this? Why? And then Ross is the whole, I think you're looking for a reason besides to get you into bed. And then there's like this weird, <laughs> like, I'm like, like, That's your sister, dude.
1: Yeah. Like, that's, that's a funny line, if it's not about your sister. Yeah, you're not laughing
0: about someone who's done that to your sister, I don't think. Yeah. Weird. Oh, uh, Um, And so instead, Rachel comes in. She can't get a job, but somehow she got 12 interviews in like one day?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, no, no. Not without applying for them first. Well, I especially. don't know. And she
0: got, so I don't know. So somehow her lack of qualification got her the interview, but not the job.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure how that works. Uh,
0: and then we go to, but she got some new boots. At which point, then that makes us go back to Monica's apartment. They cut up the credit cards, and we get Phoebe's backstory.
1: Yeah, we get part like we get the beginning of the enigma that is Phoebe's backstory. And yeah.
0: they and they talk about how she like her mom killed herself, and you know she was living on the street, and then found aromatherapy. And Rachel's like shocked, but then we Ross goes, I think what you're looking for is anyway. And I'm like oh, this is the source of comedy.
1: Oh, we're, we're just brushing over this, are we? Okay, All great.
0: Right. Like Ross's yeah. wife leaves him, and it's, hi. But Phoebe has this,
1: Phoebe has, I mean, I must say that's not it's
0: traumatizing, but still. But Phoebe yeah. has like like this cr- like ridiculously savage backstory, and he's just like, yeah. anyway. Um, and then later on in the apartment, oh, we find out, Phoebe, Rachel cuts up the cards, welcome to the real world, it sucks, you're going to love it. Uh, and then on the way out, a nice bit of, of the story. So the story is better than the script. Again, I'm going to say the, 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 points they wanted to hit were well done. Monica, they, they find that somehow Paul, the wine guy left a watch. She breaks the watch and some Foley artist was like everybody else. Cause he was like, I'm dialing this up to 10 too, because this thing, Oh, it was such a sound when this watch broke. Um, also, I
1: don't think she has shoes on at this point. So her Yeah, stamping, her heel
0: or something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, her stamping on that watch on a carpeted floor would not have broken that watch like it was supposed to.
0: So, um Monica goes to bed and Ross and Rachel have this cute moment about the last Oreo and they decide to split it. And did you notice which half of the Oreo he gave Rachel?
1: Rachel gets the cream half.
0: Rachel gets the half of the cream and Ross which just is gets lovely. the wafer yes
1: which is really lovely but rachel doesn't eat the bloody biscuit she throws it back on the table before (laughs) she she leaves (laughs) you hear it hit the plate
0: to be fair like that stuff like it is that's not the ideal biscuit for like shooting television because that stuff gets all caught up in your teeth yeah yeah
1: but yeah she just throws it on the throws it on the table it it was sweet of ross to
0: give her the to give her the cream that sounds very inappropriate but um Ross comes clean about high school. She says that she knew, and he kind of asks her out and gets, he gets a yes. Like it's a, she says maybe, but it's, it's very much like yeah. that playful maybe, which is yes. And he goes, maybe I will. And then as he leaves, uh, Monica says, what, what, what are you so happy about? And he goes, I grabbed a spoon, which was nice for us. And the, and the studio audience claps. Now, I don't know if it's authentic or not because you can put a sign up that says yeah. so it claps, but it felt like a nice moment
1: yeah i liked that i yeah. liked that i mean monica wasn't was was
0: nice. wasn't there for the grab a spoon speech but we were so that was that was nice for yeah. us <laughs> and then we have a coda where phoebe sings random stuff because she's really done nothing in this and yeah. uh rachel has given them coffee which they all take because they find out she doesn't make it and that's the episode so i mean why do we come back why did people come back? Well, it's the Ross and Rachel storyline, even though they wouldn't address the relationship for almost a year again after this. Yeah. It's like that last scene didn't count. They mm. do address it. by go, no, oh, he said something when I first moved to a city, but then didn't say anything else. It's like, okay, that's fair if you're not paying attention to his behavior. But as far as the self-contained episode, you're coming back as you want to see that relationship um, progress. Yeah, Ross and definitely. Rachel have been established as the will-they-won't-they couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of a reason to come back? I mean, storyline wise, no. I mean, I, 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 wise, I, mean I, I like the characters. I mean, there's characters who I cared about, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, overall, it's all
1: right. Yeah, pretty much all right. Um, all right. I did notice a couple of other janky. Um, I'm using that word now. I quite like it. You are using it. Um, continuity errors again. Um, there's a shot in the um when Paul is sat in the with them in the. He's on the sofa I think and he reacts to something that Phoebe says in the kitchen like she says something about oh, pulling her eyelashes out and that can't be good and we get we cut to a shot of Paul reacting on the sofa and Phoebe sat behind him on the other chair.
0: Yeah there was something similar when um again it could have been on the periphery I don't know if it would have been if it would have been in the original uh, version uh because of the aspect ratio but there's a bit when they're at ross's apartment where ross is talking he's about to go to the fridge but he hasn't quite gone there yet and they go from from he's on this chair talking about something we cut to the boys for two seconds and we cut to the boys he's already standing by the fridge with it open and it's like he just it it wasn't a, a, a real good sort of version of time but yeah
1: yeah no but this this one with with paul and phoebe i'm like i think that must have been in the original aspect ratio because it's she's almost directly behind him but obviously viewable um and the she's almost not finished talking in the like in the kitchen and then it cuts to her sat there like with a blank face it's really quite strange
0: um so uh tell you what wasn't strange or well, what maybe what was strange how did it do uh 22 million people saw this um it was the number 15 show i think it was on television that week so definitely oh, wow, definitely okay. a good launch it got it, yeah. got it got a nice spot mad about you was number 11 and seinfeld was number one at this time so it did okay um yeah. but it was reviewed as being a weaker version of seinfeld and of ellen which was the sitcom starring ellen degeneres long before she had a talk show she had a very bad well, very bad yeah. she, she had a poor sitcom um Tom Farron of The Plain Dealer wrote that it was vaguely and less successful of the hanging out style of Seinfeld And Hodges of the Houston Chronicle called it the new Seinfeld wannabe, but it will never be as funny as Seinfeld, even as Seinfeld is now, which isn't as funny as it used to be. Hodges criticized the social circle as stiflingly dull and short to the point of painful in brain power. But Ray Richmond, who had seen the following two episodes, called it a likable youth ensemble with good chemistry, but said that Friends was one of the brighter comedies. The pilot was very weak. Yeah. And the authors of the, of the show, Friends Like Us, the unofficial guide to friends, call it a good solid start to a series. But the regular cast, particularly Perry and Schwimmer, might be trying a little bit too hard. I, I can argue Schwimmer's trying a little, not Schwimmer, Perry might be trying a little bit too hard to get the jokes over. Uh, yeah. I'm going to argue that Schwimmer is out of control uh, with the exception, he's good when he's doing the heartfelt stuff with monica not monica with, with rachel he's even good at interacting with yeah. monica it's it's creepy but he, but he's but he's good with it um he's bad whenever he's trying to be the i'm sad guy
1: yeah it's just it's too much it's much too much um yeah he's like lying about the uh do you want something more sophisticated than trying to get you into bed like that's a, it's a good line and it's very much ross character but it's weird because it's about his sister yeah. Like that's a writing thing though. I don't think that's a performance thing from him.
0: No, that is the idea of who are these characters and I'm Yeah. I yeah, I don't know any brothers or sisters who are that I don't know. Felt weird. No. I do know that they yeah. in one of the test screenings they had the audience fill out polls that said is Monica do they judge Monica for sleeping with Paul on the first date? So, you know how far right. society has come as well like we're not worried about you know Joey's quite obviously promiscuous himself but the but the yeah, question yeah. was do you judge Monica do we Monica? judge the woman yeah. yeah and they said no no they 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 they're quite okay with it i guess the story worked and the idea yeah. that it's a fifth date which is an interesting thing it's a fifth date kind of confession and what where 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 are lines of social acceptability for various moments in a relationship apparently back in mm-hmm. 1994 it was date 5 um so even
1: though it wasn't it was date one it
0: was date one uh so um favorite character and i'm I'm trying really hard to divorce myself from the series as a whole and go who is my favorite yeah. character in the episode um do you have any thoughts
1: yeah because it probably as a whole series i would never say this because i think she really annoys me later on but um rachel is probably my favorite in this episode
0: yeah i'll match you oh it's hard um I thought Aniston was really good. I thought Monica was really... Rela- I thought Monica was great. And, yeah. ch- and Chandler had the best jokes. But Chandler always says yeah. that, Matthew Perry's is great with that. But yeah. so I guess... Matthew. I think Chandler's still my favorite character. But I was really surprised by Monica and Rachel. And how much yeah. I liked both those characters. Which I have to to get involved with this.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, least favorite of the friends?
1: Um, Probably Ross. Okay. Yeah, just... Not, not funny. I'm going to go not with relatable.
0: I'm going to go with, oh, geez. I don't know. It's hard. It's Phoebe or it's Joey. Uh, Phoebe, because she wasn't there. And when she was half a time, she was doing stuff that was just like designed and written to be like, you're so quirky. Like the aura and the costume. Yeah. But the other part was Joey just with these terrible, terrible um, lines to set up exposition that were just bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite joke? Did you, did you come up with one that
1: was your favorite joke of the bunch? Um... Uh, what did I say earlier? I said I liked one earlier and I can't remember what it was. Brain Stopped
0: was it the umbrella i have no idea was it the was it the bit with the phone and the
1: yeah the bit with the phone okay yeah with the with the answer machine with the, sorry the machine cut me off again i liked i liked that i liked the delivery of it, it was clever. i liked the setup of it yep. yeah
0: she's got a couple scenes where she's actually just talking into a phone and it's a one-sided joke it's it's really well done Uh, mine is going to be and I I stopped short of saying it um, there's a bit where Ross goes I just want to be married again and then in walks Rachel and you get that first laugh in the dress yeah. and then you have Chandler (laughs) going and I just want a million dollars and he looks at the door (laughs) expectingly. which whenever you can get a second laugh out of out of one setup I really appreciate that so that was mine Uh, I'm trying to in my Canadian Indiana on my sleeve when I talked about personal identity and learning and, and sort of defining yourself I wanted to be Chandler Bing so you know yeah. even in episode one here he's the guy who sits back and cracks wise on the rest of his on the rest of his friends and uh, yeah I appreciate that his stuff never felt cringely bad there's times where like, my Matt dial it down a bit but it never felt yeah. cringely bad like some nice. of Lisa Kudrow's that. and some of Matt LeBlanc's did yeah. Um, typical sitcom style and the way they tell the story. Did you like it? As in the way um, they structured it?
1: I think so. Yeah. I'm not a massive sitcom person, but I think I liked it.
0: It was typical with A plot, B plot, C plot with a studio audience. Yeah. Sometimes you only go A plot, B plot. Very rarely will you just go A plot. So, you know, everybody, I'd say everybody had something that Phoebe didn't have much to do, but most people had stuff to do. And at the end of the day, there's the three aims. So did I get to know the characters? yeah at least where they were at this point
1: yeah and honestly i think that the opening credits do a really good job at introducing you to six new people in such a short amount of time yeah that, 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 just uh, how they interact with each other
0: that is a fair and play because actually is
1: incredible because
0: they're dancing but they are dancing in character still
1: oh absolutely yeah definitely that, that my, my shoot was my done bit. go ahead go on
0: well, I was going to say I would I think it was done at like four in the morning or something like that. It's the only time they could get the lot <laughs> to, to to do that with. So just, just an interesting kind that of kind brilliant. of a thought. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, my favorite bit of that um, of the opening credits is Rachel sat on the side of the fountain throwing bread to rubber ducks and yeah. sat in the fountain. That is I think that's hilarious.
0: Yeah. And Ross is kind of a dork in the way he dances. Chandler's a little bit too enthusiastic. You know, Joey couldn't care less. It's just it's just good times. It's
1: very well done. It's yeah. very well done.
0: So it establishes the characters, I think, without question. Does it create a sense <laughs> of ambiance or atmosphere or a mood? Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, definitely. You get that. It's trying to be be relatable, but it's a bit of a heightened version of reality. And I like the. Lo- um, and that's enjoyable.
0: I like the locations it establishes. I like the coffee shop. They spend a lot of time in the coffee shop yeah you know they got the best seats in the house every time they were there which is a, which is a bit of a joke in its own but i do but it, i I like central perk as a design yeah and monica's palatial apartment in new york city i really like that as well Yeah, believable <laughs> probably not but but as a sitcom no. set it was it was a warm inviting it's movie. a
1: lovely set yeah we haven't
0: seen chandler's place yet we got to see a restaurant we got to see the other restaurant where monica works we got to see ross's apartment which you know it's Supposed to look like it's a bit of a, bones a at loser that point place. Though, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Um, so there's that, um, and then finally, do I want to come back and see more of the Ross Rachel show? Yeah, I think I think I do, and I don't think I'm alone there. Yeah. So is it? I guess, but to the question at the start of the podcast, which is, is this clear for takeoff or has it been grounded?
1: Um, in it's strange in the form we see it now, on watching it on Netflix in a complete 22-minute, whatever, in full-screen aspect ratio, yeah. I think I'd ground it.
0: You'd ground it. Okay, so, so you know, you wouldn't be like, I'll run it, but can you can you fix up the continuity a little bit? Because the hard part is we're sitting here yeah. looking at something that wasn't the actual finished product. We're seeing... That's
1: what I mean, yeah. yeah. From today's end product, I'd be like, but and from today's standards, no. But today they wouldn't
0: not. show you that. But, today they would catch that. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: so... It's it's a difficult judge, I think, with something that's. I'm gonna say something horrendous. This old, Um, yeah, it's fine. But but yeah, it's difficult to judge it based on back then. But I'm trying to relate it to things that I've seen that are of similar age, and I'm going actually. No, it probably is. Probably is worth giving a shot on it, especially considering how well the first one did. Um, like viewings wise. Yeah,
0: I mean um well you wouldn't know that necessarily when you see a pilot because the pilot doesn't it doesn't get released for like four or five six months once it's right. been taped uh, but so the turnaround time is quite due. but I, I i give it a go i mean it's it's uh It created a place that the 90s at that point were such a cynical time to a degree as well. Like Seinfeld was doing well, but Seinfeld is is a more cynical take on society. Friends is very optimistic and very positive and very hopeful. Here are these people and your friends are your family and you're living life. You don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, welcome to the real world. It sucks. You're going to love it. And that kind of unabashed optimism. And I'm like. I want to spend some more time with the friends. They seem all right to me. So I will give them, I don't think it's a good pilot, uh, but I don't think it's, I don't know if I'm sitting there going, I wouldn't wouldn't green light it. Uh, I I think I might be surprised if you tell me this turns into a juggernaut.
1: Yeah. Yeah, There are ones that we will
0: do for sitcoms that are much better than this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There are ones we will do that are much better than this. But, not this one. This one was, was all right. So where would you give it a rating on the old scale if you had to grade this? So, you know, if we get out the typical A A plus slash A star a to, F, yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to a failing grade, uh, North America, we tend to go A, B, C, D, and then you jump right to F, and F is just a fail. Okay, um,
1: so no E then. You no, know, we don't do <laughs>
0: E's, we don't do G's, we don't do U's. It's just A, B, C, D, F. Um, okay. And you can put pluses and minuses in there as as you so see fit. Where do, where where do you sort of have friends?
1: I think I've got a, a C minus. Okay. I think it's it's not it's not bad, it's not good. I think maybe in its original format with the um with the adverts in in the original aspect ratio, it might get to a C plus. Okay. Um, but as is, I'm going with C minus.
0: I'm coming into the C. I think the execution was poor, but the bones are good. Mm-hmm. So some of the writing is shockingly poor. Yeah. And once you know the characters, okay, fine. We've established who the characters are. Next episode, you can give me a proper 22-minute standalone episode without doing so much heavy lifting. But yeah. for a show that had to do so much heavy lifting, they really dedicated like segments to just really stupid moments. Yeah, like Ch- Chandler and the phone that rings there cleansing the aura. Um, yeah. you know, I helped, f- um, favorite things, all that stuff. A-, a bit that I did like that felt really, really organic was them watching the, uh, in Espanol and like throw it yeah. down the stairs, throw, throw it down, down, the sta- down the stairs. That felt real. And that's a group of people I want to hang out with. And, and, and I, I, I want to sit there and I want to do that thing. And I want to try and guess what the plot is. Yeah. That's,
1: I'd, I'd quite like that. I think yeah. it's quite funny. Um, I did in that scene though. I think it's um, Chandler that goes. Um, she should not be wearing those pants. And I'm like, actually, her butt looks really good in those jeans. I think like, so. That just kind of cha- how society has changed. Yeah, I think it's got to of, do with like, images,
0: fads, and images, and what's popular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about fashion? I mean, there was a dress that Monica wears. It's the next morning after she's she's spent oh, the yeah, night like with the Paul, dress, the wine guy, the
1: cream dress with the white underneath it yeah dresses dresses over
0: over jumpers or dresses over shirts this is very 90s and as it would go forward you'd see a lot of a lot of outfits like that and you'd see a lot of cold apartments it would seem in season one and season two you didn't see it (laughs) so much in the pilot but you would see a lot of cold apartments so uh so yes overall i think we're sitting here going um it's a it's I don't know if it's, if it's going to be a smooth ride or we would think that going off, but we're definitely clearing it for takeoff.
1: We're clearing it for takeoff, but there might be a bit of turbulence.
0: Okay. This is really, we're, really, geez, we're really gonna have a hard time with this metaphor here. So that's what we thought. I about. really
1: like the metaphor. So that's
0: what we thought about friends. Uh, please, a let us know a couple things. Number one, did you like this? Uh, if there's something that you'd like to do more of, we've got more that we'd like to do. We've got a bit of a rotating group of, of peeps. George is gonna do the first one. Uh, I'm gonna do something with a few different people, and then I'm gonna get out of the way and let people start doing their own. People are also starting to learn how to edit and stuff. It's gonna be fun times. So uh, there's that. We're going to try and bring you a couple of dramas, a couple of sitcoms at the start, and then assess where we're at. So first off, if you liked it, let us know. Feel free to give us a shout. Is there a pilot we should be looking at? Uh, secondly, it would be, uh, please, we're going to put a poll up. Please vote. Let us know what we should call this thing. Is it mm-hmm. is it cleared for takeoff, or is that just going to be a line we use at the end? Is it going to be the pilot academy the pilot project pilot i think pilot schooling is I'm, I'm losing favor of that one
1: i i don't like that one okay so pilot academy like the
0: pilot project pilot chatter and clear for takeoff those are our four yeah all right so we'll go with that okay. and we'll see what people think so let us know about that so four best film ever i've been in and
1: i've been georgia
0: And um, if you're looking for a little bit more content, a little bit more review of some pop culture, take it easy, relax. We'll be there for you. We'll see you next time. Which isn't as funny as it used to be, and also complained the social circle as stifling stiflingly stiflingly dull. I'm gonna say it again. Criticized stiflingly? the social circle as stiflingly dull. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. sorry.
1: Stiflingly.
0: Stiflingly. Okay.